Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cup Interviews. I am Jillian Robinson, your General Assistant at Cup of Hemlock Theatre, and this is my first interview that I am hosting today. I have the marvelous, astonishing, lovely Lindsay Middleton here with me today. Um, she wears many hats in the industry, and I'm so excited for us to chat about uh, projects she has ongoing, projects that she's done, and just, uh, yeah, spend spend a chat with, with the wonderful Lindsay. Um, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> so to start us off, as always, I will ask the question, what is in your cup? Uh, today, mm. in my cup of hemlock cup, I am drinking some coffee with some almond, uh, vanilla almond creamer. Um, what do you have in your cup, Lindsay? In my cup, it's actually, I I messed up and it's in the other room, I'm just realizing. But <laughs> beside me, I have this succulent and inside oh of it, I, my room is full of plants, like little plants everywhere i've become like a bit of a plant mom during quarantine how original, i love right that. um but inside of it is a healthy healthy unwatered succulent does My it have a name herman herman we have herman yes. and sherman at the tv love that it was okay so it's like it's like a cupulent it's a succulent in a, a cup well, I love that, that's that's the first and it's gonna it's gonna stick we love that <laughs> um yeah so um, yeah, let's let's jump in, um, Lindsay. Do you want to introduce yourself? And I'll let you just take the stage in whatever way you'd like to introduce yourself, um, and then we'll get into theater things. Okay, fun. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Lindsay Middleton, and I, I, as Jill said, am aware of many hats. Um, I like to call myself a creative. Um, in this beautiful entertainment industry that we work in because I work in a lot of different sectors of it and I love working in all the different sectors. Um, but I have directed, I've written plays, I primarily am an actor. Um, I've done theater marketing for some companies as well. I used to have my own theater company pre-pandemic and <laughs> I'm also a lover of travel and film as well nice yes see all all of the hats love it love it love it um okay so yeah you touched already a little bit about your experience with uh with theater um do we maybe want to let the cat out of the bag that we both went to the same theater school we did <laughs> we both went to u of t and sheridan in their theater and drama studies program and it was a hoot and a hauler. We didn't uh, cross over, Jill and I, yes. but our legacies did to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, crossed over. Exactly. And it's so, so sweet, too. We, Lindsay and I actually met via MJ Shaw, who was a TDS grad as well, and now um, is the owner of Soul Fuel Fitness, a gym studio in Toronto. And that's where Lindsay and I met. We met doing like a fitness dance class. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, the, the world is so small. Like it, it's just amazing how, how we linked that way. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, a project that is happening right now that Lindsay uh, is a part of is a, a zoom play called unmute. And I actually had the privilege of seeing that on Wednesday. 
then we have some upcoming performances of that too. So Lindsay actually co-wrote and stars in Unmute right now. So uh, we'd like to talk a little bit about that, let our viewers um, know uh, how amazing that this project is for you. So <laughs> how, um, how would you describe uh, the, the whole writing process, um, Lindsay, and, and, and the idea of doing, of doing Zoom plays right now during the pandemic? Yeah, so Unmute was born out of the theater company that I currently work at called Theater of the Beat. Um, which is a grassroots uh, charity organization that looks to find intersection between art and community and does a lot of social justice theater. Uh, they are primarily a touring company, and I have had the privilege of working um, on tours with them as a contractor, and I just kind of fell in love with them and their philosophy, and things happened, and they were like, hey, do you want this job doing communications? And I was like, yes! <laughs> um, so I work for them in that capacity, and then this summer... Our education and outreach manager, Kimberly Walker, uh, wrote a pretty big proposal to a couple of agencies in the Kitchener-Waterloo area that focus on um, crime prevention and domestic assault, um, like crisis centers, and there's kind of a bunch of organizations in that area that all work together um, to assist with people going through uh, domestic violence and gender-based violence. And during COVID-19, there has unfortunately been a spike in uh, that occurring due to isolation and staying home and people who normally use outlets outside of the house haven't been able to as much. Um, so we decided uh, in collaboration with these partners to make a piece of art that addresses this and also give viewers and audience members the chance to participate as a bystander in learning ways to combat this, um, finding resources to help people in these situations, to look for warning signs of if something's going on at home and how would we do that in this weird, isolated locked down. I'm in lockdown. I don't know if everyone else is, but these <laughs> worlds that we're all living in right now. Um, yeah. So we started writing the piece in late August. We got the okay to go ahead and we had originally pitched them um, a show that had been done many, many years ago as like an example show of a forum theater piece that had been done through the University of Western. And we were like, this is kind of the angle. So then mm. we kind of looked at that as a template, but then totally jumped off board from it because we were, <laughs> this is quite a long story. So <laughs> Love the piece it. was originally commissioned to premiere on the radio. Okay. They, our funders originally wanted a radio play because they wanted to be able to reach as wide of an audience as possible. Um, due to COVID-19 and kind of when this piece was commissioned for us, we were in, I don't know, stage three, like the best stage you could be in. And then it just slowly, slowly started, started going yellow, red. Now we're in lockdown. So kind of the idea of getting actors into a studio or even into recording studios to do this and have people call in live and do the interventions and interactions that way, we kind of lost, um, the like tangible idea of doing that. So we said, right. why don't we pivot and do it on Zoom? Because that way we can actually reach a larger audience. We can reach a global audience. We've had people right. tuning in from 
legitimately all over the world, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> my favorite part of it because I love travel. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. People are all over the place. Exactly. So yeah, we, there was three writers on the project and we would meet every Friday and we would come to the table with drafts and we would basically read through what we had all written and then kind of be like, okay, hey, take this, switch this, da, 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 give each other notes and then go back, come back to the table. Um, Kim is a trained social worker. So we kind of pivoted and said, why don't you take on more of the interventions, which is when an mm. audience member says stop and they want to jump into the play and try to do something else with the performers. So she kind of prepped all the actors for what to expect from the audience. I focused a lot on the Zoom version. And then there's also a podcast version of the show, which we have been recording all this week. Um, And Cedric focused a lot on that version because obviously there's going to be differences between what you're hearing. Right. Podcast and what you're seeing on Zoom. And our funders also wanted the podcast version to not be COVID specific and the Zoom play to be COVID specific. So once we kind of got all that lined up, we kind of divided and conquered in that way. And for me, it was really fun to get to focus on the Zoom version because I do have a bit of a film background as well as a theater background. And a Zoom play is basically combining combining those two worlds. So yeah. for me, it was kind of like my two loves coming together and using skills and knowledge and backgrounds from both to try and create something timely and important and impactful and also possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We had definitely a lot of rewrites when it came to like the intricacies of what you can do on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm not a tech wizard in that sense. So I definitely have written some stuff and Cedric is a bit of a tech wizard. And he was like, Lindsay, that's not possible. Like you can't <laughs> on Zoom. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I've learned a lot about Zoom mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. this process. But yeah, I'm very grateful that I have, been able to work as an artist for the past couple of months, both as a playwright and a performer and working for a theater company. Um, it's been very fulfilling and I'm just very grateful that I've had that opportunity and to write something that um, is very important and very timely and is definitely hopefully having an impact on a lot of people. That's the feedback we're getting. So yeah, it seems like it's, it's resonating with people, which is exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I, being an audience member this past Wednesday, seeing the mm-hmm. show, like I definitely can speak to that. There's something about um, inviting audiences in a Zoom room. Um, it is like you're in a theater. And I, I, honestly, it feels like, and especially with this show being interactive and audience actually have a chance to participate and go on the stage or like in the main space of the screen. Um, it almost feels more intimate to me at some, at some points, like being an audience member in a zoom room, um, you, it, it, there's a vulnerability to it. Like you are in the same space as the actors, like arguably it feels like you're on, on the stage. Um, and so, and absolutely the content of this piece is so relevant and, um, definitely, definitely you, you could just sense everyone was, was impacted by, by the story and the experience. Um, a lot of layers, a lot of layers were, were hit, um, being, being a part of that experience. So um, I'm glad that you you folks have a couple more performances. And this mm-hmm. this podcast series is is a lovely um like sister sister component to it. And and um 
knowing the more detail about how it's going to not be just COVID specific and, and broader in that sense too. Like that's, that's awesome. That's wonderful. You guys divvied it all up and, uh, you sure did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> divided and conquered. Um, and I keep saying too, you know, we are living in a digital world right now, but to be honest, I feel like going forward, our, our world is going to be hybrid for a little bit. Like there is going to be a, a, a mesh of, of live, like in-person experiences and digital. Like, I don't think it's going to go away. Right. So you had mentioned, you know, you, you love having the, um, this experience really kind of married those two for you, like live theater and film. And, and I think that's something too, that definitely even post pandemic is going to be a reality, especially for artists to kind of keep up this live and digital hybrid vibe going. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I would like to know because this is, it is on zoom. And like you said, you are a tech wizard, but there's a lot of, I was watching it and being like, Ooh, there would be a lot of behind the scenes, um, blueprints that would have to be laid down for this, for this piece. Um, can you maybe speak to that? Cause I know, um, without spoiling too much, there are, uh, actors in the piece that are isolated together, like just as a part of their uh, COVID plan. So not only did everyone have a screen, but some people also shared physical space. So you could be like watching a scene of a movie because they're actually in the space together. So do you maybe want to talk about that process and also maybe the use of multiple devices, like how, what's behind the scenes and unmute, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of thought, and this even started out like the writing level of things. Um, our budget only allowed us to have a certain amount of actors. So that A already meant that the, the characters we were writing, we knew there'd have to be some doubling. So we knew the mothers would have to double the daughters. Um, and I had always in my mind been like, okay, bubbles, 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 like doing some film work over the summer and noticing that a lot of the casting calls were now asking for bubbled performers. I was like, okay, like this isn't a new thing that's happening in our industry. Hopefully there's some other performers that are bubbled. My partner and I are bubbled together. And so when we released the casting call, we were looking for performers that were either like partners or live together, which is the case of the other um, team, Francis and Duncan. They are mm -hmm. two George Brown grads that live together in the same house. So it worked out amazingly. Um, and then Yusuf Zayn is in his own world. And we're always like, I wonder when his day's going. Like, it's very strange doing a rehearsal process and doing a show because normally you become so close to your castmates and yeah. we're always like in the zoom room for rehearsal and then maybe you run lines with people but it's it's definitely that's been something I've been missing a lot of just like the connections and the, the family you can build mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. um it's that's definitely been like a different vibe because you kind of sign out of rehearsals for lunch and you have lunch with for me, my partner, but I'm like, who's Yusuf having lunch with? Like, who's yeah. and the director having lunch with? Like, it's this really strange thing. And I find so much great collaborative work happens on lunch break. So many important conversations about character and plot and all these things always happen there. So yeah. it's just so interesting to me that I'm like, oh, like, I miss that part of it. Right. Um, but to speak to the tech, that is all 
theater of the beats artistic producer and the show's we call it the screen manager so mm. our stage manager our screen manager cedric martin he loves technology uh he's very patient at explaining it bless him uh i don't um we've had many phone calls where i'm like i don't know how to do this um yeah I truly don't know how he does what he does, because not only does he run all the tech for the show, he's also admitting and teaching people who have never used Zoom before how to mute their microphone, how to turn off their camera all at the same time while running sound cues, while screen sharing, while doing all these things. And I, my roommate is... um a stage manager and she watched the show in her bedroom on opening night when we were doing it all in the hallway and in every other room in the house basically (laughs) and afterwards we were like what did you think and I was like what were you thinking about during the show and she was like I couldn't not turn off my stage manager brain and I just kept thinking I don't understand how this person is doing what they're doing like I'm so nervous for them because there's so much tech yeah involved in the piece and I truly am like I don't know how he's doing what he's doing but he's doing it yeah and uh the biggest thing is also we've all been giving these ethernet cables to run through our house to connect to our modems because one element of the whole show is that it's it is live like the whole thing is live there's nothing pre-recorded so if your internet goes out you are out of the show it's like being locked out of the theater like every actor's nightmare so We've definitely, I'm knocking on wood, been lucky so far that everything has mostly worked. Um, On Wednesday night, my neighbor's fire alarm was going off extremely loud and for an extremely long time, about 30 seconds before I had to re-enter into like the Zoom scene. And that was very nerve wracking because I was kind of like, this is so out of my control. Like normally when you do a play, I, one of my favorite things is problem solving oh, like that prop broke. What are we going to do? This is missing. What are we going to do? Like the backstage, like in the show, you're fully just like, oh shit. (laughs) I I can't fix this on my own. It's like a tech thing. Right. Yes. Props to Cedric. He is a wizard. I I call that uh, like stage manager, like octopus, because like there's, you know, there's definitely a moment in, in, in the piece where he's answering um like something in the private chat he's screen sharing he's so basically being an octopus yeah and at yeah one point, yeah he also jumps into the show and plays a character like in the messaging system and like screen shares like it's a doubled character in the show and i'm always just like how are you doing this yeah, right now? Like, like, how did you how did you change your zoom name when did you do I that know. like is this magic is this sorcery <laughs> yeah it truly is there's some totally um <laughs> and you you folks use different devices too right it's not like you're you're mm. tooting around your laptop as like your sole um internet thing do, do you like how many i'm curious how many devices did your character have for instance so in this home there's two laptops that we use but okay. it's Green share my FaceTime, um, right? Which I know it's not another device, but it's like another thing. I remember I watching that, being like, "This is a layer that has that is just like magically added for fun and games." But it's just like <laughs> they're teens. I don't think the teens are zooming. I think the teens are just FaceTiming. So I was like, "Okay, let's see if we can do it." And I mean, you have to mute yourself on FaceTime, but play your sound through Zoom, and the yep. other performer is doing that on her cell phone, but her laptop is picking up all the audio that's yep. still connected to the Zoom meeting. So they have two laptops and a cell phone going on, and then uh, Yusuf, 
has two laptops in his house, I believe, as well. So there's a lot of different devices. Um, that is some dramaturgical due, due diligence, like I will say. Oh God. <laughs> I was just like, I hope people have these things. <laughs> I and just then, know that know that I picked up. I picked up that you had to screen share for the FaceTime to pick up the art. <laughs> like it, it, it was, it was definitely. It, I read it. It was a uh, get yeah. unnoticed. There's a lot um, of tech. There's a lot of tech. A lot of tech. A lot of tech. That's so fun, though. Like again, it's just I, I'm exactly like you too in in a play when something goes wrong or you know like this. This just seems like it, like a digital playground a little bit, right? Like it's something, you know, who would have thought at this time of 2020, like we would be doing plays on Zoom. Like it is frustrating because we don't have the ability to do live things right now. And like you said too, like the ability to just like sweat and breathe and live in a space with folks. But there, there is something so amazing to to this new, you know, zoom play beast that (laughs) clearly can be concocted like um definitely um so this run of unmute um the live zoom element has two more shows Mm -hmm. correct yes we have a show on thursday december 3rd which is now fully at capacity because fun fact Zoom has a cap because someone was like i'm sorry how are you selling out your zoom show and i was like fun fact once 100 people are in the Zoom room, you cannot admit another person. So we can't give away more than 100 Zoom links because if all 100 people decide to show up, we right. can't not let someone in. So there actually is like, we're like, we're sold out like, of our <laughs> yeah. Zoom show, which has been great. So our, our first three shows have been sold out. And we have a final show on Saturday, December 5th, which is my dad's birthday at 7.30 EST. Um, and I think the links are going quite quickly for that. So maybe it will still be available once this comes out. I don't know. It seems like every two days, Cedric is like, please take down the link. So right. we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, do you know, because I know you mentioned you had some funding for this project. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know if it would be extended possibly because it is going so well? Um, so all of these shows that we've been able to do have been fully funded, fully sponsored, fully commissioned, fully produced by outside partners. And uh, they wanted it to be free to the public. Okay. Theater of the Beat as an organization uh, stays alive for through touring money. So the plan going forward in 2021 is to have communities book in the show um, to be screened kind of in their geographic region specifically mm. on that night. Um, but for a fee so that we can stay afloat as a company because it's hard out there for a theater company right now. Yeah, Um, yeah. So that's kind of our plan moving forward. And I think it has been great that these first four shows have been free of charge. So it's kind of getting the word out. And because it has been screened all across Canada and in different countries, um, we're hoping that the sales can come in from other places and people are interested in having this kind of um, topic discussed within their community. So Uh we've already had some chat and some interest. So hopefully we're going to have a Zoom tour in 2021. Um, a zoer? How, how a do we? Zoer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it'll be a zoer. Uh, I'll have to cook all my own lunches, which is not as fun as eating out every day. But, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's, that's nice. The hope, anyway, that's the hope. Yeah. Well, and that's so cool too, because if we're thinking about you know, the Zoom room, it really 
I keep having these conversations too. Like there is something, there's an intimacy and a vulnerability that Zoom really does allow you to access because it's a scheduled meeting. You are mm-hmm. face-to-face with the people that are that are in the Zoom room with you. So you're, you are forced to like connect and have a conversation, even though that it's digital, right? And so um, it's neat that this this first launch of shows for, for you folks has grabbed like a larger audience. Um, but then you saying kind of going into um, specific communities and honing in like communities mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's awesome too, because like, you know, you literally might be watching this with some of your neighbors, right? Like it yeah. can be even more intimate because it's people that you know, or like people that are in your circles too. Right. Um, I, before, without getting into the content of the play, cause I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but <laughs> that, that I think will add like a different level of resonance. You know, you're in the same space with even folks that, that you might actually know, like from your own mm. community too, right? Yeah, we've had that's, some interest awesome. from uh, some high schools as well, which there mm-hmm. is like a teen storyline in the piece as well. So, and a lot of things happen with the teens and um, yeah, I don't want to give stuff away, but I definitely yeah. think this resonates with both age categories. Um because anyone can be a bystander to what's happening. Anyone yep. can be privy to witnessing certain things, no matter how old you are. And the important thing is that you take action and have conversations and educate yourself and try and find resources to help someone, which is what this whole piece is mm-hmm. made to do. Like it is made to live on Zoom. Like I I personally don't see this play being performed on a stage. Like it was written to be viewed through Zoom on a screen. Like that's its purpose because that is the world we live in. And that is the issue it is addressing the rise mm-hmm. of this horrendous thing during this time. And what can you do being stuck at home on a screen? Yep. What can you be aware of and what can you keep your eye out for? So yeah, yeah. we're, we'll see what happens. I mean, I personally hope I don't have to use zoom for too many more years, but right. I'm happy to do the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, great. So I'm just, consulting my question list as we move on. Um, <laughs> so uh, you are, so you, you, we've mentioned you co-wrote this piece, you starring, you were starring in this piece. Um, and this is the the second piece of theater that you've been a part of in the writing side of things, correct? Yes. I've written a play by myself. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote a session or I wrote a play called Session. Uh, I mean, I wrote it over a thousand years, it seems like, but it had a little debut in 2019 at the Paprika Festival. Nice. Um, and then 2020 happened. So live theater shows have kind of like, I don't know, been put on a table somewhere, but I, I'm looking at returning to it in like a feature film sense at this point, uh, just because I know that's an avenue that's still open and I'm I, not kind of like done with the show yet. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's about a dominatrix who accidentally starts having a session with her father um, and all the adult conversations that come out of that mishap. So it's kind of okay. like a dark comedy farce. Um, nice, nice. Little piece. Uh, and then previously I worked collaboratively with my theater company, Theater by Committee. Over seven, six years, we, we like co-created a lot of shows together. So sometimes I was writing on that. Um, but primarily I was a performer for a long time, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Sometimes you just get itching to do some other stuff. And For sure. And writing has definitely, in the last two years, been become a bigger part of who I am and what excites me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
can you talk to a little bit about like acting in your own pieces too? So like, for instance, Unmute, like you co- co-writing and then also acting in it. Like what, what was that experience like? Um, it is a, so hard to learn your lines. You think like, oh, I wrote this. It's just going to be in my head. No, because like this is the eighth, ninth draft of Unmute that we've read through and had edits. And so even still some nights I'm like, okay, is that line in the piece or is it not in the piece? It's in the podcast script, but is it in this script? Like I will say like, I normally have no problem learning my lines. I'm very lucky to have a, a brain that does that quite easily. Holy hell, not this show. I was like, what <laughs> the heck is happening? Because we, we just change so much all the time. Um, and it's definitely tricky sometimes, I think, to turn off like, your writer brain when you're an actor of just like oh wow like that sounds horrible like hearing someone say that I'm like oh yeah that's not natural like so it's I don't know I got really good really quickly at just being like it's written it's done it's cemented and this is what we're doing like let's go with it and all the other performers in the piece are incredible and they just they bring it to life in this really beautiful nuanced way which Mm -hmm. makes me really happy as a writer to be like yeah "Yeah." They're picking up all these little things that like these words are purposeful is something I also clocked doing this piece as an actor of like, yes, like writers write very specifically for a reason for you to find like all these things. They're not careless. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of been this beautiful duality. Um, yeah. That I enjoy. I have enjoyed. Nice. So it was between you, Kimberly and Cedric, right? The three of you. Yeah. Great. So did you, did you each take a chunk or did you kind of all attack it at one time and, or specific characters? We kind of all attacked it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a draft then Cedric took a draft and then very quickly we kind of realized Kim was like, I think I'm more suited to do the interventions. Like my training is more in the yep. form theater, social work. Like that's my background. Um, so Cedric and I did a lot more of kind of playing catch up like she already had a lot of the knowledge on this subject so we did a lot of research on domestic violence and mm-hmm. um I know for me one of the hardest things was navigating a realistic portrayal of an abuser I'm very fortunate I don't have that in my life um mm-hmm. so reading a lot of interviews with people who have abused and a lot of books on um what to look out for and things like that I right. spent a lot of time doing that and then navigating that into the script in a dialogue sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we kind of like ping ponged it back and forth. And then once we had clarity, cause for a very long time, we didn't know how the show was premiering probably up until like a month before like, okay. we were still like, is it going to be on the radio? How long is it going to be? Is it going to be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour? Like all, there were so many factors kind of that we were juggling. And then as soon as it was cemented of like podcast zoom, that's when said, and I kind of went, I got Zoom, I got podcast, right, 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 right. We'd send it back and forth to each other of like, this doesn't make sense. And then we also had a dramaturg, which is nice. the best thing I can ever yep. recommend. It's yep, yep. someone totally outside of the process to look at the script and be like, this is weird. This doesn't make sense. I don't understand this. And they also have a background in um, domestic violence. So we were Great. very strategic about um, Sukpreet coming in and helping us out with making sure the portrayals were realistic. Cause for me, that was the most important thing. I don't ever mm-hmm. want to put something out there in my writing. That's not authentic to yep. 
these characters. That's my number mm-hmm. one always. Yeah. Um, and just a shout out to Duncan who plays like the kind of spoiler the alert, abuser. but the primary abuser in the piece. Yeah. Um, he did a wonderful job embodying mm-hmm. um, that realistically and um, especially in, in a medium that is not comfortable for all actors as well too. Like there, that was a, it's a great switch, switch into making that realistic as realistic as possible. Um, that's so neat. I, I love that. I get this little sort of like behind the scenes intel of, of what happened behind, because it truly is folks. Like it truly is. Um, it truly is a masterpiece. Like, yeah, like it's, it's really, it's really well done. Um, and I mean, I'm excited to hear the, the podcast footage too. Like, yeah, I, I like that. There's, there, it's, it's still going to be growing. This, this piece isn't going away anytime soon, mm-hmm. um, and nor should it. It's definitely, I think it's, it's, it's so resonant with, with a lot of, a lot of the themes. Um, amazing. So back to my question list, um, which we've, which we've pretty much ticked a lot of them. Um, so you talked about how, yeah, so you, you've been talking about how you're a writer and you're an actor and you like to dabble both in, in theater and film. Um, are there any other hats that you care to share? I know that uh, you also did like a web series podcast at one point. Um, yeah, like tell, tell us some more about all these different hats you wear. <laughs> Um, I am very, so I grew up in a tiny, tiny, tiny town called Ridgeway, and I was always a keener to work in the arts, and there's there wasn't a huge art scene there. Um, I very luckily had an amazing drama program at my tiny 400-person school. My drama teacher is a genius, um, and there was also a community theater. There just happens to be, um, and I was doing three shows a year since the time I was 13, so theater was always kind of my beginning and my training and my baseline. Then I went to theater school because I was like, well, this is what you do, and then yeah. as soon as I moved to Toronto when I was... 17, 18, I don't know how, I don't, one of those ages, I was going to auditions for film every second I could because it was the first time in my life I'd ever had kind of the opportunity to independently get on a bus, go downtown because I was living in Mississauga and I didn't have a car, Mm -hmm. Um, go to an audition and I would try and do like three a day because I'd be going, I'd be commuting 90 minutes there, 90 minutes back, that's three hours on the bus, I'd be doing my homework with trying to learn Spanish on the bus yeah. in first year. Um, and I was just so keen to just like drink it all in, try everything. And I've kind of seen that that is what my like career has been of whatever mm-hmm. comes my way. I'm kind of like, yeah, let's try it. Let's yeah. see if it resonates. And to be honest, there hasn't been too many things that I'm like, no, I'm not really into this. Um, if it's creative and if it's collaborative, Yep. surrounded by people um I'm pretty much game to do it all I've done everything from puppetry to musicals to film and tv movies commercials voiceover kind of like dabbled in it all theater yeah. I will say I think will always be my first love um, mm-hmm. just the process alone is again yeah you just build your family it's very collaborative it's very just unique to no other work environment out there I don't think. yep I agree. Um, yeah. So I kind of put on a lot of hats. 
And you travel too. Um, you yes. like to travel. So tell us a little bit about your, yeah, the map behind you, um, about your travel bug and how you've kind of built projects into that hobby of yours. Yeah, it's what a funny hobby. Someone asked me what hobbies <laughs> were, and like a new person I met was like, what's your hobby? And I was like, is backpacking a weird hobby? Because that <laughs> is truly my hobby. Like, that's what I go and do for fun. Um, again, I think it's because I grew up in a small town mm-hmm. and I always just had this energy to go and like find more and explore more and see new things. And when I was 16, I saved up all of my babysitting money and I went to Costa Rica on a school trip. It was the first plane that I'd ever been on. And I made this promise to myself that every year I would get on a plane. And I have gotten on a plane every year since I was 16. I'm really nervous about 2021. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. There's bigger problems in the world than right, being right, on right. a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just absolutely love it. I love exploring. I love meeting new people. And I'm also like a busybody. I need to be doing something all the time. And when I went on my first backpacking trip when I was 20, I had this kind of like, yeah, this is fun, but I miss creating. Mm. Um, And my best friend at the time was also on a trip and she had the same feeling. And when we came back, we were talking about it of like, yeah, it's fun being in limbo, but I miss um, like direction. I miss like having something I'm like working towards or just creating something. And so when we went on um, a four-month backpacking trip together, we decided to kind of document it and blog about it, blog about it. This was even before, like, Instagram was really that big of a thing. And we would just interview women that we would meet and ask them, what makes you happy? Um, And through that, we created this little series called Happy Her that we've traveled to, I think, over 11 countries together. And talk to women just from all over the world about what happiness means to them and lives change and adapt. And now I don't get to go on six month trips as much as I would like to. Um, So it's been harder to continue that tradition going. But I'm hopeful that maybe once a vaccine comes, I will be getting on a plane and maybe doing that for quite a while. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You always you have like such like a radiance about you, Lynn, that like, definitely, I I totally understand why you are a part of so many projects that involve community, because you just have this magnetic energy. And like, I I think that's the reason why we're so close as well is like the same kind of like, what's the next direction sort of like busy body vibes? Like, what what are we doing? How do we? How do we just, you know, take on whatever comes their way? And it's funny, because being being in, um, theater school that I I remember getting that advice, you know, kind of, especially coming out of uh, theater school fresh to kind of, um, obviously there's certain projects you shouldn't say yes to, but, but to kind of allow yourself to have that open access Mm -hmm. to just saying yes to, to different experiences and different positions, and then just having that kind of pave your way. And I think it's just like really refreshing to have this conversation too, especially with artists just coming out of school or even artists that are like stuck in a rut of like, it's okay to kind of like pivot your path a little bit and like just take on and add more skills. Like for instance, um, I've been doing some like screen managing uh, throughout the pandemic as well, because I I just, I love stage management and that, that side I've kind of wanted to explore that too. And and that's just happened to be the the thing on the menu for 2020 is doing like some audio dramas or, you know, getting in, learning the tech side of things through Zoom too. And um, 
Yeah. It's that marrying of like your, your hobbies with like your skill sets and just kind of letting, letting the chips fall where they may. Um, And it's also meeting people, right? Like it's still collaborative. mm -hmm. It's still being involved in something bigger than yourself and and just being with people. I don't know. Like that's community has always been, I think my number one driving force and everything, which is why like lockdown has been difficult because one day someone looked at me and was like, how are you doing? They were like, you can't do a play. You can't get on a plane and you can't throw a party. What the hell are you doing? And I was like, we're pivoting. (laughs) We're pivoting. We're writing a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just got to find like your new thing because 2020 has taught us like you just got to keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. You just got to keep going. You're like starting up a Zoom party now. You put like a background of like a sunset behind you. So you're like, okay, I'm traveled. I'm starting a party and all of the people are coming here. Like (laughs) this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's so great. I, I love, I love hearing, I mean, cause we're close, we're, we're friends, but I love hearing this detailed, um, detailed history of, mm-hmm. of your little, little mosaic life. Um, <laughs> um, so, okay. So I have to ask too, once we, once we pivot again back into, um, being in space with folks again and like theaters mm-hmm. open up stages become a thing um, even if it's just outdoor stages like what are you most looking forward to when we can kind of be back in the quote-unquote normal theater space again I'm looking forward to doing a group warm-up with people mm-hmm. I am looking forward to finishing a show and going and getting a beer and yes about oh it. my gosh right like that has been something that has also been very strange. Like we finish the show and everyone leaves the Zoom room and then it's all of us. And we're like, hey, uh, but we've all, like we're also isolated in what's happening. Like I was like, yeah, we had a fire alarm going off like in our house. And they were like, oh yeah, like my internet rebooted or like whatever it was. Like you're, it's yeah, just the community. Yeah. I I cannot wait to like have that back together. Yeah. Yeah. And just be in a room full of people and being a big cast and just, mm-hmm. just be with people. That's when, yeah, you go, you go to the bar and you're like, yes, I will split that entire pitcher of beer with one other cast yeah. member because the show was awesome. And I will eat that pizza at 1130 because I'm starving from doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. You look back and you're like, I do not regret those nights at all. Like that's Never. yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And like, that's where I've like made like my Toronto families doing mm-hmm. plays or doing like, creative projects with people so I'm just so excited to be like can we do something like let's all get together I'm not I hate the thing I hate most about this world right now is like the selectivity of who I see is truly heartbreaking for me because I I don't enjoy that I literally have a house party and I'm like come I don't care just come in I don't know who you are bring your partner I don't don't care so this whole like you can see one I'm just like oh my yeah yeah (laughs) can I open the door right right yeah 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 I agree I agree and just like giving people hugs (laughs) yes yeah like big cast group hugs or what what have you yeah Yeah. for sure um and speaking of being in the same space we mentioned this earlier how uh Lindsay and I met uh doing some fitness classes at Soulview Fitness a gym Mm -hmm. in Toronto um so 
that's something that we we've been doing virtually. Remember when we did the May Fitness Challenge? That was yes. fun. Lindsay and I we we made a commitment to like either tell each other that we're doing a class on the day or like take a live class together. Um, yeah. And that was awesome because it was kind of like we were in the same space even though we couldn't be right. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you just recently did uh, did a like a paint night for yeah. for charity. Can you expand on that? Because that was so fun to watch your Instagram stories. <laughs> so Theater of the Beat, the company that I work for, is mm-hmm. a registered charity. And they were doing um, a charity fundraiser. And as a staff member, they asked me if I would try and raise some funds. And I said, sure. But I – so it was like a, a biking – you could bike to raise money. And I was kind of like, I bike a lot where I used to pre like COVID time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, like biking. I don't know. I don't think anyone cares to watch me bike. Everyone has seen me get on a bicycle. <laughs> I'm always the girl is biking. So I was kind of like, what could be something like different and fun and like an incentive for people to donate. And also that's like creative. Cause I yep. keep trying to find ways to keep myself creative during this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's paint. Let's paint for 24 hours straight. And if you donate, I will paint you a picture of like, if you give me a word, whether like it was nature or sci-fi or you better work, I like whatever it was. <laughs> so I made 24 paintings in 24 hours. Um, 3 a.m. was the worst time. <laughs> That was I was gonna ask. Funny. I was like, "Where, where was it? When did the exhaustion hit it?" Um, it hit earlier than I thought. It was like 1.30. I was like, "Oh wow, I still have a while to go." I used to bartend until five in the morning, so I was like, "This will be nothing. This will be fine." I've done this for years and years, but I haven't done it in years and years. It was something mm-hmm. I forgot. So my roommate and my partner were here, which is great, and they kept me going. My partner stayed up all night with me, which was okay. just so lovely to have someone. Um, we watched the sunrise at 7.30, and then I started my last painting, and yeah, painted 24 in 24 hours, and there's still four that I need to like deliver and get to people, but they're all out of the city, so I don't right. know when they're getting them, but they'll get them. But yeah, it was yeah. really fun. I'm just trying to find fun, so silly fun. ways to keep myself entertained basically <laughs> yeah again you like hit so many uh so so many targets like it was a paint night for you it was to give back it was to build community like I love that um yeah and I think sometimes we forget you know we're we're isolated we're in quarantine um it's okay to like pull an all-nighter like you know live on the edge stay up all night why not why not like you can You'll catch up on sleep <laughs> yeah 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 um, that's so fun and so lovely that, um, and I, I remember it, it, it went really well. Like people, I, yeah. I kept tuning in too. I was like, I think I went to bed pretty late that night too. And I was like, Oh, she's still going. I'm, I'm just like catching up yeah. on these Instagram stories. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was pretty big on the Insta that day. I was trying <laughs> to keep it going, keep people entertained, keep myself entertained. Yeah. Um, every single person got like their own curated playlist for when I was making their painting. Like I would just think of them and be like, hey, what's like a song or an artist that like is them? Um, and so, so I fun. would like use that music to kind of like inspire me as well. And it was also a beautiful time to reflect on my community and all these amazing yeah. people. I mean, I, I very gratefully had more than 24 people donate. I raised over $1,400, which was surprising and amazing. Um, and it was just a lot of time to sit and think and be grateful 
Yep. Of all these beautiful people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that seems like a wonderful bookend <laughs> to our our conversation today. Um, like once again, you're such a light. Um, and just every project you've explained today, like you have all the components of community and being grateful and and um, just sharing your warmth during this time. Um, I know even for me personally, like you've been one of my motivations throughout throughout COVID. Um, and I, I know you were that for so many people too. Um, so any conversation to have with you is just, just makes my day. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Too, baby gal. <laughs> so, um, right. So Unmute has one more show that's not sold out yet on Saturday, December 5th December. at 7.30. EST. EST, you correct. I know. We always words. have to tag that now because I people know. all over the world. Not everyone I, yeah. is in Toronto like we think they are. In our exactly. Toronto. Exactly. Um, so that's awesome. And then we'll keep our ears peeled for the podcast component mm-hmm. to coming down. 2021. Coming down. I'm not sure how or when or what's happening. We're going to decide soon. <laughs> Love that. Well, thanks so much for spending this time with us. Thank you for at- having cup of hemlock theater um and i'll see you in a zoom space you know we'll do like a fitness class or a party or you know we'll we'll get creative or reading yes yes exactly yes okay well okay thank you you so much for watching everyone um and we will see you on our next episode be kind to yourselves stay safe bye everyone